Well, I'm under assignment tonight to speak a specific word. When I was talking to Pastor Yang, he said, I want you to specifically speak about this thing. And on the 25th of August, 2021, I had the greatest experience of my life. I had the opportunity to go to heaven. I'm pretty careful where I talk about this just because I get overwhelmed when I talk about heaven. And I believe that the thing about talking about heaven is a lot of times we hear this as a testimony, but one of the promises that I had when I, when I, when I was with Jesus was that wherever you go and you talk about it, heaven will appear. And so tonight, I want to request that you would not just be a part of the audience, but that they would, you would engage with this experience. Tonight, I want, you, I want you to allow your brain to take a back seat. The Bible does not say that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your brain, it says if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. And so many times we're not able to understand the mysteries that God has for us because we try to intellectually understand that only can be kept, captured in the spirit. And so, Father, we pray right now from the front to the back, Lord, I take authority. I declare for every spirit of blindness, everything that's holding your church back in the name of Jesus, I declare darkness will flee as your name is lifted up. I literally pray that as I speak about this moment, that heaven would come down. I pray, God, that people would have visions as I'm speaking, that there would be imaginations that would spring forth, that people would be caught up in a trance like Peter, that there would be things that would be suspended from the airwaves, that people would begin to see the future that we have for them that you have for them. Lord, I take authority right now. I come against any spirit of slumber, any spirit of laziness, every spirit of complacency. I declare that you have no authority, that this is a place, that this is an open heaven. We're not asking for an open heaven. We are in an open heaven because wherever your name is, wherever your kingdom is being established, the heavens are open. And so, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I think before I share about my experience, I probably want to give you a little bit of my background. The closest person in the Bible, there's probably two characters in the Bible that I relate to. One is Samuel and the other is David. The reason I relate to Samuel was because from a young age, I lived a consecrated life. I got saved when I was 14 and literally fell in love with the house of God. Nobody told me it's important to go to church instantly. I, get, I, I fell in love with the church. And that's why a lot of times I sometimes get confused when people say they love Jesus, but they don't love the church because if you love Jesus, you will love his bride. And so instantly I fell in love with the church. My parents didn't tell me I need to go to church. I just started going to church. The second person that I relate to in the Bible is David because I just had this, this incredible attraction to the presence of God. And so that's been my testimony. In fact, if I could be honest, a lot of times my, my, my testimony is boring because I got saved and I stayed saved. I, I, I don't have a, I left church and this happened when I was 19 and that happened when I was 21. I preached for the first time when I was 16. I did my first crusade when I was 21 in Kenya and saw 4,127 salvations in five days. I wrote my first book when I was 23. It's still sold in Kurong, one of the leading bookstores in Australia. I'm not saying this to brag about who I am, but what I'm trying to say is I lived, I, I've lived a consecrated life, a life that says, God, I wanna be, have a life that's pleasing to you. 
Lord, I, I don't want to have a life that's drawn to the things of the world. And sometimes I do get drawn to the things of the world, but I'm careful to repent right away to say, God, I want to live my life towards you. In fact, from the time I was 15 to the age of 21, I had a ritual, and Leah will say this, that when I would turn, when it was my birthday, I would spend the night in church praying. So when I was 16, I would spend the night overnight praying. When I was 17, I did the same thing. When I was 18, till the age of 21, I wanted to be in the house of the Lord when I turned another year. So I'm just saying this, it was like a Samuel. I'm not saying it was out of a place of institutional or being ritualistic. It was literally from a place of devotion. And you know, I've done fasts. I've done 21 days of fasting. I've done 40-day fasts. But the truth is, church, that in all of these things that I did, I never had the experience that I had last year. Seven years ago, my wife and I, we planted a church, and within one year, God blessed it. At our first church anniversary, we announced three services. At our second church anniversary, we went up to five services. God was blessing our work, and it was over the top what the Lord was doing. We were flabbergasted by the increase and the, the blessing that God was stewarding our hands with. But in the middle of that, I experienced one of my greatest betrayals. Some of the people I loved the most that I considered my own family began to do something behind my back. And, and you know, it's one thing to disagree. It's one thing to be betrayed. But literally for no particular reason, my wife and I, we gotta be hated upon. We had things left in the mail. We had all sorts of threats. We had all sorts of emails going around. We were even scared for the safety of our own kids. It literally got so bad. And I found myself in the early parts of 2021 in what I call the dark night of the soul. In fact, the Bible talks about where Jesus was grieving to the point of death in the Garden of Gethsemane, and that's sort of how I felt. I felt literally like my soul was dying. But week after week, I was going to my church, and I was preaching, and God would move. I would prophesy, and it was accurate, and lives were being touched. But deep down on the inside, I was crying out to God, saying, what's going on? And then 25th of August, as I went to bed, there was something in me that said, you've got an appointment with God. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to describe it. But something in me knew that I was gonna meet with God. I didn't know if I was gonna hear his voice. I did not know how that was gonna happen. But in my lowest moment, I began to experience this. And what I need you to understand is, if you look at the life of Paul, a lot of times we think that Paul was spiritual. I actually think Paul was broken. I believe the reason why Paul had such incredible revelation was not necessarily because of the, the intellectual ability or the education that he had or the theological understanding or the fact that he understood the Jewish laws. God used all of that. But I think the key to seeing the greatest revelation was brokenness. And I wanna encourage you tonight because I believe that there are people in this room that are broken and you do not know what to do with your brokenness. As I shared earlier, I've done all these great things for God, but God met me not at my greatest moment. He met me at my lowest moment. And I wanna to speak to you because some of you feel like you've been asking this question, where are you, God, in the middle of my pain? Where are you in the middle of what I'm going through? Friend, I want you to know that God is right there next to you. We need to understand that there is this incredible connection between weaknesses 
and visitation. In fact, I want to read a scripture to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, this boasting will do no good, but I must go on. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelation from the Lord. I was caught up in the third heaven 14 years ago, whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. That experience is worth boasting about, but I will not go in to do that. I will boast only about my weaknesses. You'll begin to see there's a couple of things Paul is saying. Number one, he had a visit visitation. Number two, every time he uses the word visitation, he's talking about his weakness. And number three, he says that it's very difficult to explain. And this is the reality, church. Every time I talk about heaven, I fumble, I struggle, because it's very hard to explain intellectually what happened spiritually. And, 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 and I'm going to try and do that, but what I'm saying is that as I'm explaining this, I want your spirit to be activated, because it's only your spirit that can capture what is being said. Because what, what we, what, what we got to understand about the heavenly realm is that it is so deep, it is so dense, there are so many dimensions to it. To help you understand, I want to first talk about the capacity of your spirit. You have no idea the capacity of your spirit. Mark chapter 5 verse 9. Jesus is casting out a demon of, out of a man. And the man says, I am a legion, we are a legion for we are many. And what he's referring to is the demons that are in him is not one or two, but many. Some say a legion is around 6,000. Let's, let's be conservative. Let's say 4,000. How can 4,000 demons be in one man? What that tells me is the capacity of your spirit. Your spirit capacity is way more than you realize. Do you know that your same spirit that is in you is the same spirit you'll carry with you to heaven? You will not get a new spirit. The only thing that you will take with you is your spirit to heaven. And so you must understand this, that here on earth you might have struggles. Here on earth you might feel limited. Here on earth you might not have it all together. Here on earth you might not have all the intellectual capacities to hold it together. But at the same time, there is another dimension God has given you called your spirit. And, and that is where when preaching is happening, when word is being spoken, that when you get a hold of a revelation, it does not happen in your intellect. It does not happen in your, in your flesh. It happens in your spirit. That's why sometimes when preaching happens, you can hear the same scripture over and over. And all of a sudden you go, oh, that's what it means. You just had a spirit moment. Your spirit just tapped into something. And so you got to understand that the depth of your spirit is so important. This is why when you worship, your spirit comes alive. This is when you worship, your spirit's capacity is beyond. This is why when you worship, you're able to see things. You're able to, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get that job. I'm going to see this home. I'm going to have that, you know, be in this marriage. I'm going to have that child, whatever you're dreaming. Why? Because this, when you're in the realm of the spirit is when God is able to speak to you in the manner in which he needs to. So many times our intellect, our limited mindsets come in the way in what he's trying to say. And so we need to understand that heaven rolls on the data of our spirit. Not an intellect, not on the human brain, but on us in the realm of our spirit. And so what happened on, what happened on the 25th of August was literally I was, I, 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 there was something in me that said, 
you have an, you have an appointment with God. And I did not know, was God going to speak to me? Was it going to go through a scripture? I had no idea I was going to go to heaven. But literally, I saw a, port, I saw a portal open. And uh, I'm going to use some, um, some, I'm trying to use very, I'm, I'm speaking the forms of parables so that you can understand this. Avengers, if you see the movie Avengers, there's, there's this thing that opens up in the sky that pulls people up and they go to another place and all that. Literally, that's what happens. Literally, something opens up. And I'm caught up in this, and I'm pulled up in this, and I'm moving very quickly. I'm moving at the speed of light. I believe there was an angel. I couldn't see an angel, but I could sense a being next to me. I'm caught up in this thing and literally being escorted. And here's the thing about the experiences you have. Most times, no one's talking to you. Your spirit detects it. So as I'm traveling, I'm realizing, oh, I think I'm going to heaven. I think I'm going to heaven. I think this is what's happening. And, and as I go into this place, I literally enter this place in heaven. This, I don't want to call it room. Literally, it's like walking into, the best way to expl explain heaven is like heaven is, is another planet. Planet heaven. I, I, I arrive at this place and I'm, 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 I'm captivated by the beauty of this place. And the thing is, it feels like earth, but it's a much better version of earth. And, and I could not understand because after my experience, I was like, God, I thought heaven should be different. But we've got to understand that when they said, let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. See, God likes planet earth. He likes the trees. He likes the grass. He likes the sky. He likes the mountain. And so in the same way, I'm not saying it's the same, but it's very different at the same time. I saw flowers. Now, I'm not a flower person, but after heaven, you get captivated by these things. I saw flowers that I cannot explain. I saw colors that did not exist. The best way to explain about heaven is there is no decay. It's when you look at a flower, even here on earth, you can look at the most beautiful flower and you can see decay. But in heaven, there is no decay. When you... And, and, and the thing is, I had, after my experience, I had worship leaders asking me, did you hear songs? Did you hear music? You know, I heard no music. I'm not saying there is no music in heaven, but there was worship the whole time. When you look at a flower, you can feel it's calling on the name of Jesus. God is the ecosystem of heaven. You feel God in the atmosphere. You feel God in the air. Everything you're doing, when you're walking, you're worshiping. See, so many times we think, oh, if I'm in heaven, I'm going to worship, so I guess I'm going to be singing all the time. No, it's beyond that. The whole time, it's, you're, you're inhaling and ex exhaling, and there's worship in that. The whole time, everything, in Him we move, and we have our being, and it, everything you do, it's, and there's this synchronization that's happening, and you feel this connection, this deep connection with God, and you see Heaven, the architecture of heaven. Let me tell you how beautiful, how glorious. Today, Lee and I, we got the opportunity to see some places in Singapore and the buildings and all that, and it's glorious. But let me tell you, the beauty of heaven is nothing like it. Do you know, you will never see all of heaven. Some of you have traveled the world. I'm sure there's people here that's been to 50 countries, 60 countries. Maybe there's someone here who's gone to 100 countries. But do you know there'll be places in heaven that's con you're constantly 
discovering, you're constantly hearing about, you're going there, and each of these are declaring the glory of God. You will not get bored in heaven. The moment you think you are, the moment you think you've been climatized to heaven, you suddenly realize you're, already, you're in a new place. You're constantly filled with wonder in heaven. You're constantly filled with wonder. You're constantly amazed at what God is doing around you. You're constantly overwhelmed, but it's not overwhelmed to the point that you're passing out. It's overwhelmed to the point that you recognize for this is what I was born for. It's amazing. It's hard to explain. I want to encourage every person in this place that don't own a home. Maybe you're a migrant. Maybe you're struggling with your visa. You have a home. It's called planet heaven. You have a place. God has a place for you. And so as I'm in my encounter, as I'm seeing these things, Jesus comes and stands next to me. Now, I'm not sure if he was there the whole time. He wanted me to take it all in, but I felt his presence right next to me. Now, I know many people that have had encounters of Jesus, and they, they say that when they saw him, they fell down, and they could not look at his gaze. I think because of the kind of encounter that God had for me, because of the appointment that God had for me, and let me tell you, it's hard to explain this, these sort of things, but I knew that God had... God had planned my whole experience. I don't know how I know it. I just know it. And so it, fe it felt like a, a, a movie that's being played out in heaven. And, and God was saying, now this is where Alvin comes in. And this is what's going to happen. And Jesus stands right next to me. And as he's next to me, I feel so unworthy. I feel like I failed him. I feel I failed because... He had blessed our church and then there were all these issues and circumstances that came up and it's like, God, I, I, I wish I could do this and I wish I could, and, 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 and I'm feeling all these things. And, but as I'm having these feelings, my inward being starts being drawn to Jesus. Uh, again, this is another thing I struggle to exp explain to you. Have you ever felt your heart beat fast? Have you ever felt your stomach growl? Have you ever felt your kidneys? So you know the organs you feel. In heaven, I felt like my kidneys, my livers, my each and every cell was reaching out to Jesus. It was almost like my organs knew him because he stitched me in my mother's womb. He put us together in, our in, in the inward parts and so, Obviously, this is in the scripture, but I'm literally feeling my body oozing out. My body is feeling, my cell is feeling the love of Jesus. And it's amazing because this is what you're going to experience when you see Jesus in heaven. You're not just going to feel the warm and fuzzies on your hands. You're not just going to feel something on your back. You're not just going to feel something on your head. Every part of you is in chemistry with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Every part of you is in adoration of Jesus and there was this moment where when when I was with Jesus that I wasn't thinking about all the good things I'd done I was thinking about all the all the things I was embarrassed about I, I, I was thinking about and and we all have those moments in our lives where if that thing came out or if somebody knew about that or all the things we're fearful about that 
oh, I carry guilt about that and I feel so embarrassed. You know, there was a moment where Jesus said, I want to love that about you. Give that to me. Don't hide that scar. Don't hide that guilt. Don't be embarrassed about that pain. Give it to me. I want to pour my love. I want to bathe it. I want to soak it in my love. I believe there are people in this room, you feel like God is so far from you because of an issue, because of a sin, because of something. I want to encourage you tonight that if Jesus is in this room and I pray that you would feel what I feel, that you would feel his warmth, that you would feel his presence, that you would feel his love bathe, not just your blessing, not just the parts of your life that are blessed, but the parts of your life that you feel are cursed. Not just your righteousness, but also your sin. That you would allow His love, His grace, His mercy to penetrate the dark alleys and the crevices of your heart. That is the love that Jesus has for you tonight. Those are the areas that He wants to touch tonight. Not the things that we put on Facebook. Not the things that we show on social media. Jesus wants your hidden sin. And he has all the love in the world to cover it. He has all the love in the world to heal it. He has all the love in the world to set you free. But somebody has been lying to you. And that person who's been lying to you is yourself, your own mind saying, if anybody knew, if, they, if this thing, friend, tonight, let tonight be the night. And I'm not saying this because I read it in a book. Let me tell you, I would preach about the mercy of God. I would preach about the grace of God. But when I saw it in 4D, when I experienced it in 4D, I'm convinced nothing can separate us from the love of God. Sickness, famine, trials, flood, nothing can separate us from the love of God. If you believe that, why don't you give God a clap offering tonight? <laughs> nothing can separate us from the love of God. The next thing that I saw, I felt, I perceived in heaven. I want to be careful with these words. I'm just giving you words that maybe you might have to get some bearings around. I feel like I'm with family, so I'm feeling free to use these words. Is The word I want to use is the fame of heaven. The fame of heaven. God's standards were very different to my standards. As a young preacher... I, as I said, I want to live a consecrated life, but I'm also a human being. And every now and then you wish for a little bit of success. You wish for a little bit of popularity. You wish for a little bit of fame. You wish for a little bit of people talking about you. But when I went to heaven, I was surprised that the people that are famous here on earth are not really famous in heaven. Now, I'm not saying that if you're famous here on earth, you will not be famous in heaven. But what I am saying is I think somewhere along the way, we have forgotten what really matters to the heart of God. I think somewhere along the way, we've become the echoers of Saul, where Saul began to follow, that Saul has chased, killed his thousands, but David has killed 10,000, and we've become all about the numbers game. No, I do believe we've got to count. I believe everything that count matters. I believe we've got to go after the loss. I believe, I'm believing for a one billion soul harvest. I'm all for that. But somewhere along the way, when numbers become the game, when it all becomes about my influence, when it all becomes about my empire and my kingdom, oh my gosh, save me from being popular here on earth. Save me from being famous here in heaven, here, here on earth. And I, 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 want, I want to encourage you tonight because sometimes we're living for the approval of man. 
And let me tell you, my own journey as a church pastor over seven years, somewhere along the way, as we started doing multiple services and people started feel, getting healed and people started getting saved and bapt, baptized and the phone started ringing, somewhere along the way, I think I became more focused about the approval of man than the approval of God. And I want to encourage us tonight that, that, that we, we need to recognize that God's standards are different to our standards. And I've come to realize that, in fact, I want to say this to you. There are some people in this room, you feel like, oh, I missed my time. I wish more people knew about me. I wish more people heard about me. I wish this happened. I wish that happened. Let me tell you something. The more precious you are to God, sometimes the more hidden he will make you. And I've, now one of the prayers I pray is, Lord, let me be famous in heaven. Now, I'm not saying that famous in the sense of popularity or celebrity culture. There is no celebrity culture in heaven. But what you will see in heaven is that there will be people, and the way you understand, I'm very careful how I put this. I'm, uh, forgive me if I'm coming across in a, that there are levels in heaven or anything like that. There are no levels in that sense, but the, there's a little difference in the clothes that people wear, and that's going to really signify who they are. But having said that, having... Pop, being famous in heaven does not mean God loves you more. In fact, here's the crazy part about heaven. Every person will feel like Jesus loves them the most. So you're going to be in heaven and you're going to literally feel like Jesus is next to me. So let's say me and Pastor Yang, Yang are in heaven and Pastor Yang will think to himself, oh, it's so good to see Pastor Alvin here. But you know, Jesus is right next to me. Really, I feel he's close. And I'll be in heaven and say, it's so good to see Pastor Yang here. But I feel so close to Jesus. Everyone will feel the closeness of Jesus. I want you to understand this. A lot of times we think heaven is a big, heaven is a big stadium filled. We've all been to the conferences, the stadiums filled with people worshiping. And the pastor jumps up and says, this is what heaven's going to be like. I say no. Now heaven is going to be big. Heaven is going to be magnanimous. Heaven is going to be massive. There's going to be Billions of choruses rising up from billions of souls singing to him. But at the same time, you will feel like you're the closest to Jesus. How powerful is that? See, here in this auditorium, you might be in the last row. You might be in the back row. You might be in the side row. I'm not sure which row you're in, but in God's heart, even right here, right now, you're the closest to him. He's right beside you. He's next to you. He's, he's right there with you. You're not alone. You're not forgotten. You're not rejected. He's a God that will never leave you. He's a God that will never forsake you. That's the God that we call upon. And so in this experience, Jesus took me to a city, a city, a, a city called Memorial City. And this city is dedicated to churches. It's a city that's, that's dedicated to ministries. In fact, John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And check out what it says. In my Father's house are many mansions. I want you to look at the words. It says, in my Father's, speak to me. In my Father's, there are many how can a house have mansions? Which is bigger? And this is what I mean. The kingdom of heaven is complex. We cannot humanly understand what it's trying to say. But what it's talking about is in this planet heaven, there are many mansions. When I talk about mansions, I'm not even talking about those old English beautiful mansions. I'm talking about mansions that are big as a block. Cornerstone, there will be a mansion in heaven dedicated to this house. 
You'll get to walk through it. You'll get to see the beautiful work that God has done. You'll get to see incredible moments. There'll be rooms in those mansions, many rooms, putting up the testimonies. And, and this is the beautiful part, right? You will say, let's go to Cornerstone Mansion. And you'll go there and you'll go to room number one. And as you look at it, you'll start worshiping. This is how we worship. You're constantly being filled with the wonderment of God in heaven. You go to room number two. Oh, wow, I remember that. And, and here's the thing, right? In heaven, you'll see what happened here on earth, but you'll get the full picture. What do I mean by that? We have a little window of it in the book of Daniel. There's a story in the book of Daniel where Daniel is praying and he's fasting. And the angel comes and says, the very first day you prayed, God answered but I was resisted by the prince of Persia. You know what I'm talking about? So in the same way, so many of you have prayed for things. You've fasted for things. You've believed for things. But sometimes you haven't seen the fullness of that thing. But in heaven, you will have a full picture. And so many of you sometimes have been confused. Some of us have stopped believing for miracles because if God did not heal that person, then I guess God's not gonna heal this person. If God did not answer me there, then I guess God's not gonna answer me here. But friend, let me encourage you, when you go to heaven, you'll see the full picture. The altar calls, there'll be altar calls, the, the, the moments of worship that we've had when people have received prayer. You will step back into those moments and you will feel the atmosphere that you felt here but at a hundred times of its intensity. That's how glorious this place is, where God has treasured the, the things that we've done here for His glory. There's gonna be memorials built in heaven, and I wanna encourage every volunteer, I wanna encourage every person, I wanna encourage every usher, I wanna encourage every host, I wanna encourage every connect person. Your, your ministry is not forgotten. There's a memorial with your name written in heaven. There's a place in heaven that's written and it's an act of worship to God. Come on, let's go, give God a clap offering for His care and His concern for the very little things we do. Then Jesus began to tell me, about the four things that stop the church. Now this is such an elaborate message, I'm trying to compress it if that's okay. Four things that'll stop the church. Number one is grief, number two is offense, number three is selfishness, number four is unbelief. So many times people stop participating in the things of God because of grief. It could be death, it could be loss, it could be what we think is unanswered prayers, it could be miracles that were promised in prophetic words that never came to pass. Grief. And if you're grieving today, I want you to know you're not alone. He's with you. He's beside you. But he's saying, I want you to step forward. I want you to step into the next season that I have for you. The second is offense. How the devil has had a party with so many relationships been misunderstood. So many miscommunications happened in the body of Christ but people have now become offended. People are trying to cancel each other. Church can encourage us. Let's not live in the camp of offense. Let's move on, let's forgive. Let's build this thing that God has called us to build. The third is selfishness. Selfishness is when we come to the house of the Lord and we only think about our needs, my need, my blessing, my breakthrough, my, and, and there's a place for that. I'm not saying there isn't, but when the focus is so self Sufficient, And here's the question I want to ask you tonight. If God answered all your prayers, would, the, would, would there be any difference on planet earth? If God answered all your prayers tonight, would the world be a different day tomorrow? 
Let's not pray selfish prayers. Let's pray selfless prayers. Number four is unbelief. Unbelief is literally the thought goes, goes through your mind when the pastor jumps up and says, we're going to do this, but I don't believe it. We're gonna, there's always a percentage in the church that says, when they do it, I'll believe it. When they get the building, I'll turn up. When they do the conference, I'll buy the ticket. There's always that last residue in the church that we think we are just pragmatic. Church, I want to encourage us, let's not live in the land of unbelief. When the Lord brought us back to Zion, we were like those who dream. I want us to be people that have wide-eyed, that, that have a dream, that have a wide imagination. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, imagine, or think. I want us to develop that. Because here's what I learned in heaven. That the heart of God is the Father. The face of God is Jesus. The voice of God is the Spirit. But the body of God is the church. The heart of God is the Father. The face of God is Jesus. The voice of God is the Spirit. But the body of God is the church. And I want you to understand that God is calling for this church to rise up. God is calling for this church to arise once again. God is calling for this people to shake off grief, to shake off selfishness, to shake off offense, to shake off unbelief. And I believe even right here, right now, as I've been speaking, there's been an open heaven. Some of you have been sensing the closeness of God. Some of you have been sensing the presence of God. Right here, right now, I'm going to take a moment to pray for people. If that's okay, I want you to stand up right where you're at and just allow His presence to touch you. Jesus, touch your church. Touch your children. Let them sense your tangible presence tonight. Let those that are guilty, let them know that there is no condemnation. Let those that have been living a life that does not bring glory to you, let them come to you. Let those that are weary, Bring health and wholeness. Let those that feel disqualified call them out tonight. The presence of God is in this room. If you're able to just lift your hands up. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You've just listened to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.